Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the week episode of The Uncoachables. I'm Matt. This here's Milo. If you're watching live, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit earlier today. But, We're so uh, excited. Yeah, it's a trade deadline extravaganza, baby. We had to get involved as quick as possible. Uh, we had to get involved before LaMarcus Aldridge uh, holds up a, uh, a Home Depot somewhere in San Antonio. Because the Spurs refused to buy him out, which allegedly has already happened. Um, so LaMarcus Aldridge is actually finalizing his contract buyout with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, there is a slew of shit to talk about today. Um, but before we get into the deals that got done, I think we should talk about the deals that did not get done. Um, so three of my favorite stories leading into today were Lonzo and his his like miserable existence in fucking New Orleans and how much he hates it and how much his dad says he hates it and he hates <laughs> the team and he hates playing with like uh with Brandon Ingram and all that shit like which is hysterical because like you're not that good to be crying about it he's not going anywhere after all <laughs> which that's, that's what's wild to me like you're not even like you're maybe the third best player on that team maybe he is the third best player on a really bad team. So that's uh, not a really bad team, like a, a, a middling team. Yeah. Like a middling team. Um, the other person who did not get moved is 35-year-old happy birthday Kyle Lowry. Um, he was up for discussions in a bunch of different directions. Miami wanted him. Philadelphia wanted him. Um, and the Lakers allegedly wanted him. But there were there was a little too much baggage with Kyle's move to any of those three teams. Um, one of them was number one, Toronto wanted a lot of stuff back. Uh, in Miami's case, the rumor was that they were looking for hero and or Robinson plus Olenek plus picks. Um, and if you're Miami, you're not giving up either one of those two guys, even though Duncan Robinson can't shoot free throws, uh, but can go 47% from three. Uh, and last but not least, this so this one kind of was like uh i don't know i don't know when this is happening or why it's not happening um but in my in my heart of hearts in my heart of fucking hearts i thought brad was going to be up for sale at this point no and and apparently he wasn't and i'm surprised i thought some team was going to be like fuck it we're going to we're going to do it big um but no no go for him uh, any surprises off of the – well, you're a Heat fan, so you have a bunch of surprises. But uh, any big surprises for you coming off of this uh, 3 p.m. trade deadline? I think uh, the surprise move – I think the bigger surprises was probably those couple guys you, you named uh, in, in Lonzo and, and uh, Lowry not getting moved. But the biggest surprise of the deal that did get done was uh, Vucevic from – Moving to go from Orlando to Chicago for Chicago gave a haul for him too. It's kind of a curious move. Like Chicago gave up two picks, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and their rookie guard uh, was it R.J. Hampton? I think no. Maybe? Uh, they uh, gave up Otto Porter, Wendell uh, Carter, uh, yeah. Pick. Otto Porter, yeah. Hampton was the other move. Um, mm -hmm. I was just looking at, but they like that's a lot for a team that 
isn't really championship contender right now. So um, I'm so I'm on the fence with this one, and so objectively speaking, I think the Bulls did get a lot better in acquiring Vucevic and Farouk Aminu. Oh, they certainly um, did. Yeah, because like Wendell Carter hasn't necessarily made the jump um, that like Zach Levine did um, in his second or third year. Um, I think my guess is that they they're gonna make a run at Lonzo in the off season. I the they probably they have to if they want a guy that can run the point for that squad. Um, I mean, so Thad Young was the center the Bulls uh, coach Billy Donovan trusted, so it was never going to be one. Uh, it wasn't going to be um, Carter Jr. Um, I think Chicago now has an All Star center who can space the floor, score inside, probably give him twenty and ten every night. Um, Vucevic is also a great pickup because he's under contract for another two years. Um, and it's a, it's a total of 46 million, which isn't bad. That's really not uh, bad for, for a, a player of his caliber. Yeah. No. Um, and I think from the other side, right? Like Orlando does what Orlando does every five to eight years, which is start the rebuilding process. Rebuild again. Yeah. Um, Carter maybe could turn into a quality center over the next three to five years. He's going to get the chance to play every day. Um, unlike he was getting in Chicago um, and the first two round, first two uh, the the two first round picks that they got back from Chicago, I think um, are great for for a team that's looking to to build up. Um, yeah, do they we want to stay in Orlando. We can. I was just about to say, yeah, they got those two picks there, and then they got the pick back for Aaron Gordon in that deal as well. Um, so they're they're doing what bad teams do and and starting to get rid of their good players and hoarding first rounders. And not just that, man. They also got two second round picks for Evan Fournier, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, uh, so I mean, Boston. Okay, so let's just go with the the Fournier trade. Let's just go up in order, right? <laughs> so we'll 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 do uh we'll do Vucevic and and uh, um and Farouk Amino, and then we'll talk about Evan Fournier. So Fournier going to Boston, I think, is great for Boston. Boston doesn't get the thing that they needed, which we talked about last week, which was a dickhead. They don't get a dickhead on the floor. That, Fournier's yeah. like. Fournier can be an asshole, but he's not like a body asshole. He's a shooting asshole, which is a very different uh, uh, story, right? And I just watched them lose by three to Milwaukee, who just like took their foot off the fucking gas. If they had had a guy in there that could have banged with Brooke Lopez and like, I don't know, like shoved him or like called him like a mongoloid or something rude, <laughs> like just like something ridiculous, like that game would have gone differently. Um, but they got Fournier, who's a fucking, he's a sniper uh 19 points a game uh this season he's shooting 38.8 percent from three uh he's a rental right so because he is a he's a free agent this offseason yeah um boston can figure out if they want to pay him um or if he's a rental uh okay um the thing about him is you're gonna want to see if he makes you immediately better and more competitive in the east which I think he will. I think he fills the void in their offense that was there after Hayward left. He immediately brings them shooting and, and spacing on offense. Um, and I like we said a couple weeks ago, if Fournier were to go to Boston, he makes them a little bit deeper in the backcourt. So that's great. Like it, That fits into the trade, into the exception they had from, from Hayward leaving. Like all that good and great, they didn't have to give up much. They get the shooting. He can give you twenty a game if he needs to. Like all this and that, but they still didn't solve anything 
uh, in their front court. And not even not even did they not solve it, they moved Daniel Tice to it. Chicago. Yeah. For well, they I mean they got Mo Wagner back, but like he's Mo Wagner. Like, what the fuck's a Mo Wagner? Gives them size yeah. and and energy, but like I, Tice was a pretty solid player. I mean, maybe they get involved in, in you know, Andre Drummond's going to have a thousand suitors. Um, I don't think they'll Aldridge. get involved with Aldridge, but maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe they get involved with some of these guys, but I don't. I don't think they solve their biggest problem, which is which is front court play. Yeah. Uh, do you think that the three pointer Daniel Tice missed the other night is the reason he got traded? No, I just Daniel Tice is one I mean, of those guys. Is like he's not. He's not super good. He's he's an NBA player because I mean he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like he, he's probably not a starting center, like in reality of the NBA. He's a little undersized. He's a fantastic effort and energy guy, and typically you want those guys coming off the bench. Um, but that that effort and energy makes him a, a good player. I just yeah, I don't know. I don't really I don't really get the the Tice for Wagner move. That doesn't. Unless they just wanted the size, I don't. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I don't know. Size replacement for shooting, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so last, lastly, on Orlando, we're going to talk about Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark going to Denver, where Orlando is getting Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and another first-round pick. Um, so there's we've Hampton. Been I knew about- Hampton was going to Orlando somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've been talking about this for a minute now about. Um, about about Denver being maybe a piece or two away, similar to the Suns, right? Like the Suns aren't gonna they're not a championship contender this year, but like maybe next year if they got something that was interesting, they could they could be a piece away. Denver, I think this is it, right? Like this is the piece that they needed. Gordon is another shot creator on the offensive end. He can draw defenders, get buckets. Um if defense is overload against Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, he's there to take the open spot three. Um I love the fact that he's a quality defensive wing um, who can take some minutes on um, against guys like LeBron or Kawhi or Paul George even. Um, no, you don't have to defend him in the playoffs. Well, <laughs> he beats himself in the playoffs, yes. But I'm just saying, if you have to put a hand in his face, uh, this this Gordon might be the guy to do it. Um, this is solid. And again, you know, they go back to Orlando. They're rebuilding. RJ Hampton, my, my, my first round pick, blah, blah, blah. Everything's great there. Um, but Denver, I think, just might have made a case for the most improved team coming out of the trade deadline. Next, from the West. We'll talk yeah. about the East. We'll <laughs> uh, yeah. I, Gordon makes them much better. That, that's a that's a big improvement for them. Um, everything you said is right. Gives them size, gives them shooting, gives them defense on the wing. Like it upgrades their lineup so much. They were already playing super well and, and starting to get into a little bit of a scary form. And Jokic could easily be in anybody's MVP conversation. Uh, but I, I think this does put them over the hump. Um, it, it puts them over the hump into the maybe the top the top tier of contender in the Western Conference, especially now the you know with the Lakers injury problems. I mean, we you know those guys are going to be back, but. What if they don't come back a hundred percent? I mean, that that bumps Denver up. Yep, probably right there with with the Clippers and uh, eh, maybe the Jazz if they they kind of put it together again. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I, the Lakers are going to be a seven or an eight seed going into the playoffs if they keep looking like this. 
moving forward. Like that, there's no way on God's green earth we're making the playoffs looking like this. This is dog shit, um, which is really frustrating as to why they didn't make a fucking move. But it's not about me. It's about the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, <laughs> and the first one to break out of the Eastern Conference was a big one. Um, Miami gets uh, Neyman Bielitsa for Moral Harkless and Chris Silva. Um, so we talked about Bielitsa, what, a week or two ago? Mm-hmm. About how he was like a little bit of a unicorn in terms of like stretch fours that can shoot. They're a dime a dozen, hard to find. Um, so the guy's a solid rotation power forward. He's a career 39% three-point shooter. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit, which makes him kind of scary and fun. Um, and he just makes like good, intelligent basketball plays. Like he doesn't fuck around with the ball a lot. He doesn't lose possessions. Um, obviously, his numbers were down this year because he got squeezed while the Kings were trying to make like Marvin Bagley uh, a, 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 a recognizable NV, uh, NBA player and, and Rashawn uh, Holmes too. Like he, yeah. he plays a ton of minutes. And you got a guy at the four for nothing. Because Mo Harkless and Chris Silva weren't doing much for you in Miami. Yeah, this is just all hail Pat Riley, the king of of the NBA, essentially. Like Pat, as as I had uh, the NBA to jump on their trade deadline special a little while ago, wrapping up the day job, and uh, I, I think Rachel Nichols was just like Pat Riley wins trade deadline again. <laughs> I mean, because he flipped no. he flipped nothing into to. He flipped well. It just for this trade, he flipped two guys who weren't playing any at all. You know, Harkless turned out to be kind of a dud for them. Um, he flipped two guys into Bielitsa, who who gives them, like you said, a, a stretch forward who's uh, he gives you crazy offense off the bench or in the starting lineup, however you want to play it. But he's an upgrade over. He's offensively. Maybe, uh, maybe defensively. I don't. He's an upgrade over Olenek, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, uh, I was actually going to move in that direction right now. So um, the second half of Miami's great trade day uh, was officially getting their plan B in Victor Oladipo. Um, Miami gets Vic Oladipo. Houston gets Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and uh, 2022 swap rights, which is essentially a Nets pick. Um, and... All right, so we thought – I had originally thought, and, and maybe I, I I was a little too high on Miami trying to go after Gordon or Lowry. Um, and then all of a sudden, like literally right as the trade deadline was closing, the news comes in that Oladipo is headed to Miami for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk. Um, Oladipo has been playing better this year. He's averaging 21 points a game. Um, he hasn't – been terribly efficient shooting right he's a 41 percent overall 33 uh, percent from three-point line he's doesn't look like the same guy that he was before he got hurt but you just need another playmaker in the playoffs uh, well, and that's what you get with victor oladipo yeah and also like those numbers he's also playing on a, just a, a dreadfully awful houston team who he probably doesn't really want to be there playing for um so some some sure. of those some of these guys you see them and, and I think you're gonna see it with Lamarcus Aldridge too not to get off topic but some of these guys when they're like miserable with these teams they'll put up their they numbers up. but like they yeah like they go out there and play every night but like you don't see top form I think Oladipo coming to Miami where he's 
He's it's it's no secret he's wanted to come here since at least since the bubble last year. Um, he wanted to go everywhere since the bubble. Oh last well, year. yeah. But uh, I think getting him somewhere he wants to be with a team around him, like I, this move along with the, of course the Bielitsa move too, but this move makes them incredibly deadly because it it gives you. I, I mean, Oladipo in the starting lineup is is an improvement in the guard position, and it your starting five is nuts now. If, if you go Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, Butler, Adebayo, and whoever you start at four, uh, or Lamarcus Aldridge, like however that plays out. But it also it makes their bench just infinitely better than most of the teams that they're going to play in the playoffs. Um, you, you move Dragic to the bench. You got Hero coming off the bench. You got none who can come off the bench. Uh, Bielitsa, depending on whether or not he starts and how all that plays out, like their their benches uh, and Achua who who continues to he's a little spotty, but he he's you can see continued development. Like their bench is going to be nasty along with their lineup. Like I I think this makes them. This makes them pretty deadly, and it upgrades their offense, which is a, a desperate need for them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's funny. So it's funny to look at a lot of the moves that were made, and one of the things, and, and I think you mentioned it before, is like Pat Riley wins the trade deadline again. Um, but have you noticed that there's one team that he cannot do work with? Who's that? The Washington Wizards. <laughs> he cannot do work with Washington Wizards. I actually thought that he was going to try and pull a coup for Brad because Brad's been wanting to go to Miami for years now, probably since like last year. Um, him and John Wall, both of those guys wanted to be in Miami at one point and they just couldn't get there. Um, I think the the issue ends up being that like, sure, it's Washington and they're in the division. Um, but the other side of it is I don't think Pat Riley respects Washington enough to like give them a good deal on anything. <laughs> He's just like, just take this day. Just take it's a, it. Hold it's it. a Hold couple it. things. Like, you want uh, Washington wants the world for Beal. And I mean, he's a superstar scorer. So, I mean, sure. But Miami kicked the tires a little bit. And it's just, it, they kicked the tires a little bit back over the summer. And it turned out to just be so much that Washington would want, even if they decided they wanted to move Beal. Uh, plus the fact that you have to pay Beal that ridiculous amount of money when you're already paying Jimmy that ridiculous, like, a, a high salary. You just re-upped uh, Bam for the next five or six years. You're gonna have to pay Duncan Robinson something probably. Uh, Hero will be coming up now. Oladipo they hold Oladipo's bird rights, which is a- another sneaky, really good aspect of this trade. Is they hold his bird rights so they can they can extend him. Um, yeah, I don't. It just like Beal. Just you can't. You'd have to tear the team apart to make it work. And and I think if you tear the team apart to that extent to bring Beal in. You, you ruin your depth and you, you just, like, Beal will be really good, but I think your team will lose a lot, too. I just, I don't think it was yeah. worth it. And I, ultimately, like, that's that, that would be a lot of team stance, probably, on somebody like Beal. Uh, some of the lesser, some of the lesser uh, trades that happened today. Um, Norman Powell goes to Portland. Uh, Toronto gets uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Great addition for Portland. I actually, I know, I haven't really watched a whole lot of Toronto this year, so I had no idea what a Norman Powell was. I know a Norman Rockwell. Uh, those are that's a guy that painted things, uh, but not Norman Powell. So I, I did a little research. Listen, man, another good shooter for Portland, right? Um, averaging twenty three points a game, shooting forty seven percent from the three point line, 
Um, he's a 67 or six, no, 69 percent true shooting percentage, which is also an obscene number. Um, Rodney Hood on the other side. I've watched a lot of Portland this year. Um, Rodney Hood uh, has not worked out in Portland. Um, I think with Powell making the step into that position, that's definitely going to get them into a better place. Um, and, you know, Hood gets a fresh start in Toronto. I think the Raptors are going to love Gary Trent Jr. in terms of what he brings to the table, attacking the rim, uh, positive guy, decent defender. Uh, I think Toronto, by all accounts, are thinking about beyond Kyle Lowry, right? So, like, what happens beyond this offseason? So these are two solid acquisitions. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you got on this one? I like it. I think this this and one that we'll get to is, uh, I think, for the for the – the sneaky best two trades of today. Um, like you said, this makes uh, getting Trent back and Hood at least gives Toronto usable assets because um, they still want to. They don't want to fully rebuild. Like you still have Siakam and Van Fleet there to to kind of work around and whatnot. So it gives them some usable assets, um, but it makes Portland much better on the wing. Um, Powell on top of the shooting numbers. Powell's a pretty good defender too, and he's he's pretty young. Um, it makes them much better on the wing. He won't have to carry the scoring burden with Portland the way he has had to with Toronto at times this season. Um, so having him as as a third uh, guard or wing option behind, you know, behind those two crazy guards they have there now, like that's a fantastic offensive setup for Portland. And that seems like that's how Portland beats teams, right? They just score 140 points and you can't keep up with them. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think it makes them. It's a big improvement for Portland. I like it, for sure. Uh, here's a definitely a minor minor trade. Uh, it was a three team swing. I was hoping we would get more of these three team swings. Uh, Philadelphia gets George Hill, who's in his 13th NBA season. New York gets Terrence Ferguson, and Oklahoma City gets Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second round picks. Um, Philadelphia really wanted some help at the point guard spot. Uh, they were trying to land Kyle Lowry, which we mentioned earlier, and they settled on George Hill. Cool. Uh, the veteran, like I said, is in his 13th NBA season, 12 points a game. Uh, he creates shots, but he's mostly a selfish shot creator, which is fine. Um, the Thunder uh, have added what 37 picks is that what we talked Th- about 34 right? now over the next they have 34 seven years picks over the next or seven drafts something is it two like next yeah. two drafts was it no, uh, 30, something stupid thir- 34 picks over the next seven drafts 17 in the first round 17 in the second uh they're probably going to trade a bunch of those to to do a rebuild but like fuck me man are they ready to go or what also austin rivers getting bounced out of philadelphia uh, and not being with his dad again is really funny. I this, so this was my second part of the the sneaky best trades of the day. Uh, n- not named, not coming from Miami because like getting Oladipo for essentially free is definitely the best no, trade of the day. Insane. But uh, yeah, I think George Hill is, a, a, is was really really sneaky good. Even though a lot of people look at it and say, "Oh, George Hill scoff," uh, but they like Miami were in in the in talks for uh, Kyle Lowry and kind of in the running for it. But they both got point guards they needed, uh, wanted and needed, for essentially nothing. Uh, they didn't give up much of anything. And they got George Hill back, who is fantastic. He's, he's a great ball security guy. He's not going to turn it over. He'll run the offense efficiently. And he's a great three-point shooter. Like 
he, he can help space the floor a little bit around Simmons and, and you know, kind of give Embiid and Simmons a little more room to work inside. Um, but it, they're really they're really hurting at the, the point guard. Shake Milton plays nicely at times, but uh, they're really hurting at the point guard spot. And to be able to get a solid one like George Hill without having to give up as much as it probably would have taken to get somebody like Lowry, um, I, this is, I think... I think the, the top three in the East now is Brooklyn, Philly, Miami. But I don't know what order. Like, I want to say Philly is the best team in the East, but, like, Brooklyn, when healthy, they is are. just going to be so ungodly difficult to defend. Um, yeah, but but I, I think right no, right now, right now, Philly is definitely the best team in the East while, while Brooklyn's banged up. But I don't know. It's It's hard for me to not say Brooklyn's the best team in the East with the star power they have, but... Right can now, I, I right now I want to say Philly. Yeah, can they can Brooklyn defend? Right. So like I understand everybody's like making the argument. Oh, Kevin Durant at eighty five percent or seventy five percent is still going to be, you know, better than most of what every team has in the East. Sure, I agree with you. But if your existing play, if if your argument is that playoff basketball is one fifty to one fifty one, I'm I hate to say this, uh, you're, yeah, out your, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. What's going to end up happening is that teams are going to sh- find ways to shut down or make life impossible for James Harden and Kyrie. And then KD's going to have to put the fucking load on his back. And while he's done it in Golden State, like he has done it before in finals, the years that they didn't win it with KD there, it was because he fucking failed to hit shots too. And, and not so, only that, but the whole argument that like a, a not fully healthy KD is, is better than everybody else. Like, well, maybe, but a not fully healthy KD, you know who he's going to have to match up against in the playoffs? Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons, who are both amazing defenders. Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Bam Adebayo, who are also amazing defenders. So like, Jason Tatum too. If, Jason if, if Tatum has, looks, has some length. Yep. Yeah, like they as Marcus Smart. Like these these next two or three teams in the East behind Brooklyn or or with Brooklyn, like they're set up to defend these guys or at least slow them down. And yep. if Brooklyn's not able to, to slow them down or defend on the other side, like Brooklyn's going to get bounced by these teams. These teams are really good. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Uh, one more under-the-radar trade. Uh, the LA Clippers get Rajon Rondo, and Atlanta gets Lou Williams. Atlanta, or the Clippers could have gotten Rajon Rondo like last this past summer. Like They could have literally have gotten him this past summer, and they were like, oh, we don't want to pay you. So instead what they do is they wait for half of a season to go by and they give up essentially one of my favorite basketball players in the NBA, Lou Williams, uh, for a guy who is really good in the playoffs. If he likes you, maybe. So that that's going to be the problem, right? Like Rajon Rondo yelling at Paul George is going to be the storyline of the playoffs. Oh, I you can't watch. wait. You watch. He's going to call him a bitch. He's going to call him all sorts of soft. Like he's going to say all sorts of shit to him. Um, it makes them a lot better, though, I think. like, Well, they got a shot creator, right? Or, like, someone who can help make shots for other players. Um, like, Lou Williams doesn't do that. He's not a he's not a spacing guy who can, like, come off dribble, get you some space, and then dish the ball, right? Like, that is what Rajon Rondo's specialty is, is creating space for other guys. Yeah, Lou Will's a great scorer on his own, but he's not the, he's not the offense runner and, and the creator that Rondo is. Uh, not the defender, either. Um, and playoff Rondo, man, playoff Rondo's real. We talked about this so much during the bubble. Playoff Rondo is a real yep. thing. Um, Scary, so, actually. You know, Lou Will gets his Magic City wings whenever he wants, uh, which is great for him. <laughs> but uh, 
but I, the Clippers get better. I, I think Rondo will will he won't score the way Lou will will, but he'll he'll run the offense much better. He'll defend better, and he he'll also be he'll be a guy who holds that team accountable. Like he doesn't give a shit if you're Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. If you do something wrong, Rondo's gonna let you know that you've done something wrong. And I think the the Clippers are a team that kind of needs that in a big way. So I think he'll be a big addition in the locker room as well as on the court for them. Yeah. Uh, I just want to mention the last two or three under the radars. And then I guess what we should talk about uh, pitching forward, right, is where does this leave the NBA in terms of playoffs and and, uh, how we see these teams shaking out. So we just kind of talked about the East for a minute. But first, um, so Dallas – sent James Johnson, Westy Wundu, and a second-round pick to New Orleans to get J.J. Redick and Niccolo Melli. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. I don't know a lot about Niccolo Melli, but I can tell you a lot about J.J. Redick. Um, and it is exactly what Dallas needs, which is another guy on the floor to space and shoot goddamn three-pointers. Because um, KP ain't, ain't it, bro. Uh, he's not having a good year, and I think that team bleeds three-point offense. Uh so uh, Redick plus Luca equals spacing on the floor equals corner threes all day for JJ. Porzingis is coming around a bit, but yeah, we we just talked about this on the most recent on our most recent uh, pod, and uh, like how how much uh, I, we weren't talking about Redick. I, I forget who we were talking about, the, or Fournier is who we were talking about at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, Redick's a, a nice piece for them. They they really needed some other shooting to go around them. Uh, Hardaway's kind of spotty with the shooting at times uh he's pretty streaky uh finney smith isn't a, a big reliable shooter like they really miss the stuff the, the seth curry in their lineup um so getting reddick re-adds that back into their offense and i think it makes them it makes them as deadly as a lot of people had forgotten that they can be so far this season um so i, I think it makes them a threat in the west i don't like i don't know that they're going to beat any of those top couple teams in a playoff series or anything but it certainly makes them a threat especially if Porzingis keeps getting his his legs back under him you want you want a little bit of a breaking news real quick yes the Oklahoma City Thunder have waived Myers Lent I'm shocked (laughs) (laughs) um the other one I wanted to call out too was the fact that uh the where is it this was at yeah, the Hornets are going to acquire Golden State's Brad Wanamaker, uh, which uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I, I was I was uh, I was a little surprised that, that that was even up on on the docket for for the Warriors being willing to give up another guy or a younger guy for for nothing essentially. Um, so I guess we have to kind of put this. I don't know. I was curious. Um, the, I the, we, the Warriors were a little curious too about what they were going to do with uh, with Ubre. Ubre was their biggest name. And that Wiseman was kind of too. floated out there. Wiseman was tossed around a few times too. Oh yeah, he ain't going anywhere. I think they're gonna they're gonna. Uh, well, Kerr already said he's starting him the rest of the season. Um, but I, I think they're gonna they're gonna start him with Draymond for the rest of the season and let him learn. Like while they're they're out of the running, like you know Steph's hurt, Clay's out, obviously. Blah blah. blah. They're gonna let Wiseman learn. They're gonna. They're going to come back next year with a, a Wiseman with a year under his belt. Uh, Draymond, Steph, and, and Clay hopefully healthy. Uh, and, and the crazy lottery draft pick they're going to have in the top five, which is just dumb for a team with that much talent to have. <laughs> but, 
again to have yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're going to come back with a vengeance, I think. Um, but it was interesting that they didn't move Ubre. Um, I, we talked about it the other day for, for Lonzo could have been interesting there and some other guys could have, Norman Powell could have been interesting there. Like there was some interesting stuff they could have done, but, but they stayed pat. So uh, I guess they're just going to play it out and, and run it back next year. So if we talked about the East a little bit before, um, let's talk about the West, right? So we have to put everything in context. No LeBron, no AD for the Lakers. Uh, I want to say they're the three or four seed as of right now. Uh, four. Four, yeah. Um, the West didn't make that much. I think Denver's gotten exponentially better. Utah's already good, right? Like we already know what Utah is. The Suns didn't make any moves, but they're still fine. Uh, I think on the bottom edge of those teams that are going into the playoffs, Portland is probably going to be one that we need to watch out for. Uh, getting another shooter definitely helps them. I think that they're, I think like, and from the bottom looking up, I think. Portland is going to be the most surprising team from the top looking down. I think Denver or Phoenix are going to be the, the more surprising team out of the top half guys. Yeah, it's crazy. We went from uh, like the past, you know, however many years, like even the seven or eight seed in the West is like really, really, really good. And now like the eight seed in the West is like San Antonio, who's going to fall off because, you know, Oh, they might not like pops keeping them afloat now and they got some decent young guys out there um eh, maybe but then you got like the memphises the pelicans the kings like that's but that's been the shrug. bottom half in the nba and the west <laughs> for years though you know what i mean like the pels the kings and the fucking uh and, and and memphis they've been the bottom half of the west for how long memphis had that one two three year run that was interesting and that was about it yeah but I mean, like, the, the biggest speaking, difference the biggest difference is golden state isn't in the top eight isn't in the playoff mm-hmm. discussion so that opens up to you know you always have golden state utah uh lakers uh clippers even through the chris paul blake griffin years they're in the playoffs like denver like all these teams are always there so that kind of fills out your eight but uh but this year you don't have the golden state um and and san antonio is not what they have been for the past 20 years so that the the very bottom of the playoff bracket for the west is a little bit i feel like it's a little bit weaker than usual so it here's a fun question feels weird here's a fun question top eight from the west top eight from the east one-to-one matchups who wins i feel like the west takes most of those games still oh like east versus west right now yeah i think the west still still takes most of those games um yeah like to like yeah 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 yeah. top to bottom they're still better than the east just like the bottom half of the eastern playoff bracket is is weaker than the bottom half of the western playoff bracket like mavs and and hawks like you're taking mavs right i don't know actually that's a good question uh hawks have been playing pretty well lately i'll give them that but they've had a they've, they've been playing a garbage schedule too so i'm not i'm not getting too hype about it but like i mean Hornets with no Lamella like against Portland. Hold on, real quick. Celtics, Celtics, Spurs, Celtics, Hawks, Dallas, Dallas, Knicks, Trailblazers, Portland. You got to think twice about that one, though. I don't think so. The Knicks will take a game or two just because Julius Randle will drop thirty, sixteen, and and eleven. 
But uh, the Knicks can't score enough to keep up with Portland. Miami versus Denver. Denver. That's that's tough now. Now that's tough with the with the moves they made. I I think. Ooh. Don't do ah, it. Don't take your fandom tough, out of man. this. Take well, your so, fandom well, out of this. Not just that, but like, Jokic is less like look at his look at him even this season when he's having an mvp caliber season like he's less effective when a guy can do what somebody like Adebayo can do to him there's very few people in the nba that can do that but if if you can if you can defend Jokic well and wear him down on both sides of the floor like he's so much less effective and it makes their team so much less effective so i I wouldn't rule it out i i think denver's better but i That'd be an interesting series. Hornets, Lakers. Uh, now? Oh, it's Hornets. Who the fuck are you? Who now are the Lakers probably gonna rely on? Right. Who are like, the Lakers gonna rely on? Yeah, like today, probably Hornets. Horton Tucker. <laughs> like Kuzma. No, no. KCP. No. Come on, man. I fucking hate that team. The Nets <laughs> or the Clippers. I think the Nets have that one. Although Kawhi versus KD is a fun matchup, it will. I don't think they would match him up on him though. Oh, they you might. Don't think so? They might. Uh, I think I'd take Nets, but I. Hmm. Ask me again after like two weeks of Rondo, because like oh, Rondo yeah. really does True. make a huge difference for them. A hundred percent. Just a quick fact on uh, uh, Kawhi: uh, he has the most points against the team. Uh, in the entire NBA, do you know what team he has the most points against? Most points against any team in percentage, the entire NBA. The most points percentage, yeah. I'm going to assume it's in the Western Conference because of his Spurs time. Correct. It's actually against the Spurs. He is the best. He has the best shooting performances in the NBA against the Spurs. Huh. That is the most biggest fuck you. The the most biggest. Much more mo- good. Most, muchest, muchest largest. Yeah, I'm having an aneurysm over here. Uh, <laughs> Bucks versus Suns. That, I think I'm taking Phoenix, dude. That'd be fun, though. I, it would be. Just to watch Chris Paul yell at Giannis all game long. <laughs> like, that'd literally be, that'd just... Be, that'd be fun. Uh, with, with, their, with adding P.J. Tucker, like, that'd be interesting. That'd be fun. And last but not least, the 76ers versus the Utah Jazz. Jazz. Oh well, with Embiid back, I might lean Sixers. All right, with, so with Embiid. Right now, today, I maybe take the Jazz, but even still, it's tough. But with Embiid, I think I lean Sixers. Who wins that matchup, Embiid or Gobert? Embiid. Uh, there's nobody in the NBA that that can stop Embiid. Not, not even Anthony like Embiid would bully Anthony Davis like Embiid's just that good especially this year like he's just that good and who do you put on Simmons like is it Bogdanovich no is it Jordan Clarkson maybe uh, yeah you're you're making my case for the Sixers now <laughs> yeah 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 I'm thinking now that I'm like talking it out I'm like this doesn't look right <laughs> which that's so that's an interesting question though does that mean that like Utah might be the most susceptible Western, like the most susceptible Western Conference team to get knocked. Um, 
of the top like, I teams. Feel like, you mean? Yeah, I think I it's the Lakers. Like, they're in the middle right now, but well, I, the, I mean, health. Yeah, well, they're. I mean, healthy. They're they're a top two or three team in the West, but I think they're the most acceptable because they're. I mean, they're they're two guys like they're two guys. You know, like you see what they are but without the, these two guys. But I feel like that's like so. If Gobert and Mitchell went down, that'd be true. If if uh, that's fair. If, uh, if if Kawhi and Paul George went down, that'd be true. If Jokic and Murray went down, that'd be true. Like Dame and CJ, CJ went down, and and the like the the only exception would be Portland, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, Dame, Dame, Dame found a way to make it work. <laughs> yeah, Dame found a way to make it work. Like everyone else, like dude, you look at the Warriors. No yeah, that, play, that's no fair. Steph, big problems. That, that's fair. So, like, I mean, do I wish your you know everyone's two biggest stars getting hurt? Yes, I do on everyone because then it would just. Fully healthy, the most susceptible team in the West to get knocked early. I think it's Utah. Of the top teams. I I think it's Utah. You know what? Like, fully healthy? I think it's the Clippers, actually. Because you don't know what you're going to get from Paul George every night. That's true. And that's such a big problem for them because their team relies on it so much. Like, Kawhi's going to do his thing, but if you get into the playoffs say they get into the first round this year and they're playing as it stands right now uh they played portland portland yeah. uh say they go game one and game two uh paul george shoots 35 percent from the floor he doesn't play that well uh and dame and cj with with norman Powell, like and and a healthy Nurkic like take over and they, they win both games like Kawhi probably says, fuck this shit. I'm out, bro. I'm not signing my option. Like, I'm done. I'm out. You really think so? It's possible. He hasn't signed his option. There's a reason Miami made these moves, but also made these moves in a way that both players can come off the books after this season so they keep their max cap space. I don't think they're sold that Kawhi stays in uh, in L.A. Initially, they were keeping that cap space for Giannis, but Giannis has signed his deal. But I don't. Uh, Kawhi's the only other huge free agent this offseason, and I don't like, – I don't think Riley's sold. He stays with the Clippers, especially if, I, if exactly what I just said happens in the playoffs. If Paul George folds again and, and they lose and they get an early exit, like I don't know if Kawhi sticks around. I, I think LA ends up switching teams in LA. If that is the case. You think he stays with the Lakers or goes to the Lakers? Yeah. I mean, I think he loves LA. I just don't think he likes playing with shitty teams. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like realistically, all right. So like, I, and this is the last thing I wanted to touch on before we, we kind of call it for our trade deadline extravaganza. Um, realistically speaking, we have two, maybe three more years left of LeBron, right? And yeah. like, so you look at Kawhi and you go, listen, man, are you willing to put up with this for two more years? Come sign here. It'll be yours and AD's team. You'll probably win two more titles in the time you're here. And we'll do the right things. As soon as LeBron's money comes off the books, we'll do the right things to get, get you where you need to go. This is a bad transition, but I'm going to do it anyway. That two to three year patience thing is the same thing that I think Boston Celtics fans have to have right now. They are like, there's one guy that I think is going to end up coming to Boston that no one thinks is no one. No, it's not even on anyone's radar right now. You mean like in general, or you have someone in mind? I, I in general, and I have I've had this in mind, and I think the rumors have been floating out for years. Who's that? Donovan Mitchell. Oh no, he's not leaving now. You don't know. It, it would take another falling out with Gobert, I think, for that to happen because they just gave Gobert the big contract too. Like, it w- it would take another falling out for that to happen. I don't think they, I don't think he leaves. 
I think in two years, I think Celtics fans who are hitting the panic button on that team don't realize that fucking Jalen Brown is 24 years old and Jason Tatum is 22 years old. Oh, uh, yeah. Those two are going to be uh, – I mean, they're only going to get better for a little while. Like, uh, those two alone give you a chance every year, I think. But Plus, I, I, don't, I don't know I, that they even need – like, I don't know that they need a Donovan Mitchell. I, maybe. They don't really need a Mitchell. It's a better, do you think he's better than Kemba? Yeah. Yeah, most uh, not there's, there's mostly because he's available, and Kemba's hurt half the season every season, and you have to go, even in the playoffs, you're you're holding your breath through every game, hoping he doesn't bang knees with somebody and be out for the rest of the playoffs. Like, uh, yeah, I'd I'd rather I'd rather have Mitchell right now than Kemba. And I mean that that puts you in a I think in a better position when you when you look at that team two years down the road. The East is I think is going to open up a little bit more too. Because realistically speaking, two years from now, we don't know what Brooklyn's going to look like next year or the following year, right? Because if the wheels fall off and they get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs, someone's going to dip. Like someone's going to. Oh, go. they'll they'll run it back, but it, it'll the roster will be everybody around them will be different. Exactly, and that's going to make that team much harder for you to compete with because there won't be any continuity or cohesiveness, right? It's just going to be your three big stars and then fuckery all around it, which whatever. Um, The Bulls, I'm going to leave them out for a minute because I don't think they're going to be good. Or I don't think they're going to be good ever again. I think that city's they'll be they'll be good now, but they won't be like they're not going to be a top tier. I don't think they're going to be a top tier team. Like Levine and Vucevic make a really good a really good pairing. Kobe White can really play at point. Uh, I think I do think they'll make a move for somebody like Lonzo or something in the off season and 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 upgrade the point position. But they'll be good. I you know I don't think they'll be one of the top tier teams but they'll be good it just it, it drives me nuts though because like we have to all kind of agree that and like we mentioned this earlier too like weeks ago that like this trade deadline was going to be a little bit slow and a little bit quieter and it wasn't it wasn't you know it, it wasn't people panging on pots and pans like gm's going out of their way to do nuts shit um because lowry didn't move because um uh uh what's his name in in uh, san antonio also didn't move that i thought was gonna uh, make derozan move. yeah Rosen yeah like you know you didn't get all the big moves that we thought we were going to get through trading deadline and I think it's because a lot like people don't realize or like the layman fan which I am a layman fan but like I think I have a little bit more of a pragmatic approach to this is like they don't fucking realize that like it's hard as shit to win in the LeBron era like it's going to be hard as shit to win when Steph and Clay are healthy again it's going to be hard as shit to win with KD Harden and Kyrie on a team right like, but of all of those guys, the one that I'm most worried about is still LeBron because LeBron still manages to fucking will his teams into Western or Eastern Conference Finals year in and year out and somehow manages to win, right? So, like, wait two years. Be patient. I think the NBA will eventually be a little bit more the level two years from now. But you can't keep fucking freaking out about this shit. Like, it, 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 it's, it's almost killing the when, when, like, fan bases are like, blow it up start from scratch but like if you're orlando yes blow it up like they, they are god yeah they're not going anywhere but if you're the celtics for you to consider trading smart brown or tatum at any point in time is the most psychotic shit any fucking idiot fan can say from any fucking idiot dumb fan base like that is that is literal lunacy 22 and 24 years old figure it out they'll be fine yeah they'll be fine like they're they're gonna be there a long time they're going to be fine they will probably win a title at some point 
Uh, it won't be this year with the roster they have. Uh, but, I mean, like, they're so good and so young. They're they're going to win the title. Uh, the only the only flaw with, with the whole wait two years for LeBron thing is, like, there's always someone next. So you got the Brooklyn super team. Before LeBron, you had Kobe and Kobe and Shaq and Kobe and Powell and, like, all those teams running for so many years. You had Golden State in the middle of the LeBron era who, who ran off, you know, five years, of, four or five years of dominance. Uh, you know, prior to that, you had Jordan before Kobe. Like, there's there's always going to be the next guy or the next the next dominant team, the next dominant superstar. But the so window like, is now for some of these teams. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Right like, Boston's window is not right now. I hate to say this. Even the 76ers window might not be right this second. Next year, two years from now, it'll be the window. Like, it'll be the we have no fucking choice but to get to an NBA final. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. In terms of Boston, I, I totally agree on that front. Yeah, their, their time is not – everyone's panicking. So their problem is they, they they overachieved their, like, first or second year together, and they made that playoff run, what, two years ago. And everybody was like, okay, we can expect this now every year, and they're going to win a title in the next, like, couple years. Like, this is what we can expect now. But that's not how it works. Like, they have really, really young guys, and their roster now isn't – like their roster then overachieved a bit, but their roster now probably isn't as good as it was then. So like, they, the fans have to realize, and the organization realize. Like obviously, the organization wants to compete every year. They want to win the title every year. Blah blah blah. But like, Brooklyn's better, Philly's better, Miami's better now. Like, you're not gonna beat these teams with just without making some type of 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 somewhat of a big roster move. So like, relax. Relax. Not just, that. <laughs> Not just that, and I and I have to throw this out here, and I know no one's gonna want this, but like, maybe it's time to move on from Danny Ainge, right? Like, it it, it there's no harm, no foul, in a guy who hasn't done great in the draft for you and has done very little for you in terms of like trade deadlines and off season shit. Like it it listen, fine, he got Tatum. Yes, he got Brown. Fine. He's done. So, like, he had he had a really good spurt. He had a really really good stretch there for a bit. Uh, you know when they. They fleeced Brooklyn for all their draft capital for a bunch of old dudes who are in, you know, at retirement age. But, uh, but it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned that when uh, somebody like Ujiri in Toronto has not signed an extension and will will be a uh, will be free game in this offseason. Maybe yeah. I mean I don't I don't think Ainge is going anywhere right now, but I, I maybe mean, I, maybe but I, but but yeah I I totally agree with your point like. In two years, like Butler's going to be older, uh, which will change Miami's team. You don't know what Philly's. Harden. Yeah, listen, Harden's contract's listen. up. Like you don't know what Philly's going to look like. Look at the top ten in two years. Russ, his knees should be giving out by then. <laughs> like LeBron should be retiring by then, right? KD will probably be the most realistic top-flight player that sticks around. He'll probably still be the best player. Yeah. Kyrie will probably get arrested for uh, transporting marijuana. <laughs> Harden's like, going to be in his mid thirties, and that's—I feel like the only thing he's going to be good for is pulling up from three. That's it. Like he's not going to be Jamal Crawford. You know what I mean? Like that—that that type of career is not going to exist for James Harden. I think he's just going to get old and fat. That's—that's that's really all. <laughs> like, bro, I'm dead serious. Like if if 
if if you had to look at guys like so like LeBron is the perpetual like superstar and will always keep his body healthy. That ain't James Harden, bro. Like he's not that guy. You know what I mean? And and I hate to say this, and I know you love him. Jimmy Butler's got a great work ethic, but when he decides to let go, that body's gonna be over too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean most of these guys are like that. Like you can't keep up. Like the second you let off the gas and and keeping your body in NBA game shape, like that's when it's gone. Like <laughs> you're not gonna get it back. Yeah, well, a, a lot of these guys are like that. The Lowry's of the world are gone. Kawhi's gonna be gone. You're starting to look at maybe the last few years, the like the tail end last few years of Steph and Clay. Yeah, well Kawhi's only twenty nine. He'll still be around. It seems like he's so much older than that. But it depends on how his knees hold up, injury history, like he's got some other factors in there. But uh we talked about it a few months ago, man. Like he's playing old head basketball now. Like low I, That's how he's always played though. That even when he was twenty three he was playing like that. Yeah, but in San Antonio, who's flying to the rim like a lunatic? He he did have more above the rim game uh-huh. earlier, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I you're right. Like Boston fans need to realize that they have two budding superstars in the league, and like, oh, they have two superstars. Relax, like, let's two real superstars. Like Tatum and Brown are real. They're the real deal. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And what's gonna be what's gonna be fun though is to see what happens to the murray's and porters and uh uh mitchell's of the world because i think that's the next generation that's going to come up behind you know the one that we just mentioned right like um and then you have to look at guys like tyrese maxi uh quickly bagley wiseman right so like i think that's the new guard or will become the new guard over the next two to three years uh Uh, bam my my, my dude De'Aaron fox De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, uh, dude, I, I know this is gonna be like he's like third rate, but like John Collins, John Collins is gonna be good. He's whoever he ends up with. I don't know if I don't know if Atlanta will match his the offer. He's gonna get a massive offer in the offseason. Atlanta has the rights to match it. I don't think they will. They might, but whoever he goes to, like, he's gonna be a very good player. Yeah. So I mean, it's just yeah. It, it, I had to throw that caution uh, that caution flag up for for some fan bases because like everybody's really freaking out about like you know moves that aren't getting made and and, and the reality of the situation is, is listen basketball is cyclical and to your point that you were making earlier right like in between the jordan years had a little bit of a quiet period where i don't know if you remember the detroit pistons won championships with teams that did oh, not. oh i remember to... they won yeah, with they ben wallace not... rip hamilton and chauncey billups <laughs> And, and those were years where, like, the Kobe Lakers couldn't stack up. San Antonio wasn't looking all the way right. Like, you're going to get windows where you win, and that window's coming up for a lot of these teams. It's just, listen, let the old guard go. Like, let LeBron retire. Let James break down. Let Westbrook, who's already, you know, in a retirement home in Washington, go. Like, these teams, they're, they're going to find ways to beat themselves or lose and like, or just like not beat themselves, but like lose players over time. And it's just like, this is just natural progression. Like the Celtics will win a title in the next four years. I'm I don't, putting that I don't know about four, but they will win one in, in the Tatum Brown era provided they, yeah. I, they're going to sign those guys long-term, but they will win one in the era. I don't know about four years, but uh, you also reminded me of, of something in lulls between superstar eras uh let us not forget and let us pay pay homage to uh perhaps the quirkiest uh 
competitive stretch of basketball for the New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd, Kenyon Martin, and Keith Van Fucking Horn. True. <laughs> that was a very competitive team. Do you remember what led up to that? That was the weirdest competitive team of all time, I think. Part of the problem was in the mid-90s, they had gotten bounced every first round by the Bulls. Every For five years, the Nets got bounced by the Bulls between like 95 and 98. Like they, 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 like it was ridiculous. I want to, yeah, I want to say like from ninety five to ninety eight or ninety six to like ninety nine. I forget when it was exactly. They got bounced by the Bulls every fucking year. Jordan was just slapping the shit out of that team in the first round every year consistently. And finally, Nets ownership was like, "What the fuck are we doing wrong? Like, what what do we need to do?" And what happened was Jordan retired. They got Jason Kidd. Carrie Kittles, I think, went to go fuck off. Carrie Kittles was also there. Yeah. They drafted Kenyon Martin, who ended up becoming a fucking stud, just rim protector, lob master. Uh, Van Horn, and I want to say, who was the old head? Oh, Jason Williams, who shot his limousine driver, was on that team. Did they have Jay Will at the time? They had Jay Will at the time, yeah. They had Jay Will when they made those runs. Uh, yeah, that was also a wild story, which maybe we can talk about at some point. Have you ever heard that? Like, what really happened? I, I, yeah, but I don't, like, remember. So... I'll, I'll, I'll maybe we'll tease and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. But my in college, my high school or my college uh, journalism professor, her name is Robin Gabby Fisher. She covered the story about what happened with Jason Williams, and allegedly, uh, someone shot his limousine driver. Um, but like, Jason Williams did some like weird fuck shit. So like, the gun that was found was his, but like his prints weren't on it. But he jumped in the pool with the gun. Like, by all accounts, my man killed this limousine. <laughs> like, everyone knows he killed him, and he's still able to walk, pretty much. Um, but, I'll, yeah, we could talk about it more on Tuesday, but it's probably more interesting. Uh, NBA. Actually, I would love to cover that, some of the shitty NBA stories. Uh, shitty athlete NBA stories. That'd be a fun pod, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. We'll probably I'll, – I'll, I'll gather some materials for it. I have nothing else on 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 anything because uh, my brain is officially melting after watching this fucking shit all day. Like I was I was like on edge waiting for the big news and the big news never came and then Victor Oladipo came and I was like, yeah the yeah it's it's weird like Vooch was really the only surprise guy and we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday of that it's possible but it would take so much to pull him away. We didn't yep. think anybody would pull the trigger and do it, but uh, the only other real surprise was just how little. Miami had to pay for somebody like Oladipo. Like Houston got full, like Houston made all these moves. They traded Harden. They got Lavert and like these pieces, and then they move Lavert for Oladipo, who they flip for absolutely nothing. And now they're left with what's left of John Wall and Christian Wood, who's legitimately a good player. But oh like, well, I think that's why I think that's why they wanted to move Victor later was because I don't know if you've seen this, but like the body language from Wood the last two weeks has not been good oh i mean i like, i i don't understand how any the body language of any player for houston right now could be good like they're just they're a disaster they're a dumpster fire right now i yes that is part of the problem but the real issue too is that christian wood thinks he's the fucking guy in houston and like anytime they're drawing up plays you just see him on the sideline while silas is like running fucking whatever's he's just standing there like this just shaking his head back and forth like how like how am i not getting the ball and the ball's going to victor oladipo or john wall and he's just like you know i'm wet from three right like i imagine I'm that like they probably sold him on houston of like you're gonna be the dude so i mean 
uh, maybe. he's right to be angry. Maybe, okay. yeah. Well, now that Oladipo's not there, it's going to be him and John Wall, so they're going to have to fucking figure it out. No P.J. Tucker. Like, that's a full... I'd be so pissed, though. Like, you're a guy like Wood who just came into your own as an NBA player after a few years of kind of scuffling around. You go to Houston, and now... This. Yeah, (laughs) like, you go to Houston, and you're like, okay, we got James Harden, we got P.J. Tucker, like, we got some pieces here, we can compete in the Western Conference, and uh, six months later, absolute dumpster fire. I'd be like, get me the fuck out of here. He probably will ask. He'll probably see if he can get out, but in the off season, uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, anything you want to shout out, big boy? Um, huh. I had my mind on so much draft stuff. I didn't think of anything. Uh, we do have the unmaskables coming up at at some point. TBD. Uh, I still haven't received the book from from Ender, so we're once he's done, I'll snag it. And I'll read, and then we'll be good to go. Hopefully this weekend, maybe this weekend. Uh, I'm with it. But, like uh, it. yeah, thank you guys for tuning in, as always, every week. Uh, That's our first twice a week in, in a while. We've been slacking. Yeah, we've, uh, well, I mean, I've, I was going through a, a depressive episode considering uh, committing Harry Kari. So uh, I think everything's right now. We're all good. Twitch is not going to ban us from me saying Harry Kari. Don't worry about that. Uh <laughs> neither spotify um but yeah no we're, we're back to normal uh i do want to shout out one thing very specifically very important very near and dear uh if you guys are interested in uh you know social justice all that bullshit the aclu the american civil liberties union is uh trying to reunite families at the border uh, if you go to the aclu.org uh you can pitch in a couple bucks and help uh, some people get representation uh, I don't like to get political, but this is more of a human rights issue than it is a uh, Democrat-Republican issue, so I'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you donate money or if you go to ctbmusic.bandcamp.com and buy any of my fucking projects, all of that music goes to the ACLU. Uh, and uh, if you don't want to donate it directly because you're afraid that your libertarian wife or son or daughter will judge you, uh, you can just send it my way and I'll do it for you. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. When's the uh, there's a new project, project on the way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I this is the first time I'm not designing my own for for music, which is really interesting. Like I hired somebody to do it, and um, it has not been. It's been uh, it's been a process. So I'm delaying a few things. I'm still making last edits and and track listings. So I'm I'm expecting, hopefully, uh, either by june or july i'm gonna have to push it back so i'm gonna do what i do every year which is just release music on my birthday um and generally people are nice enough to donate money to me on my birthday that ends up going to children locked in cages at the border so uh if you guys are 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 willing to wait a few months to donate to the eclu please you know do that or just donate now or i don't really give a fuck what you do just make sure you're helping people (laughs) just be a good human man be a good human that's all it is bro that's that's all we ask from each other and uh our listeners uh as always please like subscribe you can find us on twitch under the culture fluent media um link i guess uh you can also find us at the uncoachables on spotify at the uncoachables uh on youtube uh our other podcast the unmaskables on spotify the unmaskables on youtube uh culture fluent media all over youtube we also have an uncoachables twitter and instagram page i've yet to log on to the Twitter, but as soon as I do, I'm going to start firing out some spicy, some yes. spicy 
nasty, some spicy tweets. I'm gonna start tagging Woj, Charms Charnia. Uh, just I'm just gonna be out here sniping motherfuckers. We're gonna have to start signing our tweets so that we know. Uh... <laughs> it's it's gonna get bad. Um, uh, yeah. Also, uh, for any girl that spoke to me on Hinge over the last few weeks, please like subscribe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I really haven't done that. Uh, although that would be really funny. I mean, I mean, marketing, bro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm literally just opening up dating pro just so I can market our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And on that note, uh, we'll hopefully see you guys this weekend for the Unmaskables. We will certainly see you early next week with Uncoachables. And uh, yeah, stay safe, be good, and we'll see you soon. Love each other. Peace.